Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. Ladies and gentlemen, Ren Barnes is about to come on and really strategize with your creativity and your business to be able to monetize your content. And this woman is a powerhouse actress and just doing amazing things in the world of movies and films. So definitely stick around. It's going to be an amazing interview. Before we dive into that, I just want to say thank you so much for being here, for choosing to be and become your greatest possible self, taking one step at a time. That's how we do it. And we keep growing, keep showing up. And just remember, you already have everything that you need within you. You, you are equipped. You are worthy. You you deserve anything that you desire. Your mission, your purpose, your dream life, you deserve it all. So just keep showing up, have the patience, take massive action, and be your GPS. I'm going to introduce Ren in just a sec. Before that, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes. Chances are you're going to hear some gold nuggets that you can take massive action on and that could really transform your life. So stick around all the way through to the end because one of these ideas has the power to change everything. Ren Barnes was born in Northern California and raised in rural East Tennessee. She got her bachelor's in business administration from UCF, her film acting degree from Manhattan, New York, and she is an award-winning screenwriter, an award-winning actress, and she's in the process of launching her first book. Her book focuses on how to set boundaries to reach your goals. She is sometimes in front of and other times behind the camera, but mostly working in, on the business side before cameras are ever even on the ground. She specializes in understanding the creative roles in filmmaking in conjunction with contracts, bank expectations, distribution, marketing, finance, accounting, and so many other pieces to put together a high-budget independent film, ultimately taking your vision or dream and turning it into reality. Ren uses strategy and forecasting to best prepare each project for profitability and success, and she specializes in getting film funding in hand for even first-time screenwriters or filmmakers. Personally, she enjoys cooking and swimming every day, as well as traveling around the world. Ren, are you ready to rock the house, Superwoman? Absolutely. It is a pleasure to have you here. We're going to have a lot of fun today. And we start off this theme uh, of the marathon with the, the question, which is your message to millions. Ren, what does that mean for you, your message to millions? Well, what I love about filmmaking, Chris, is filmmaking is storytelling, and you can share a message through that. And um, I'm able to be brought these great stories and not kind of just kind of verbatim bullet point a message. You weave it into real situations that we can imagine we could be ourselves in even that, you know, even yeah. if we've never been and we can learn from that, from the stories of other people and we kind of take them away from their lives for two hours and kind of bring them into these stories. And, and I love um, intentionally sharing positive messages. 
for sure. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love that you're empowering people through the work that you're doing, equipping visionaries and people, creatives with the actual how to, how do you actually execute on this? How do you really bring this vision to life so that we can bring the, this creation and serve people. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's so beautiful when the movie both kind of helps people, it could be escape, but helps people enter into a world where they, where they get to like, create their own fantasy where they get, they get to relate with the the hero of the story or the protagonist and temporarily kind of forget whatever problems that they're having and step into that power that that aliveness that happiness that joy whatever fulfillment that's a part of the movie yeah absolutely um it's a it's a real joy and it, i feel that it, i have a real calling and life purpose in doing this specifically specifically be a film producer it's a lot of work it's a lot of hats you wear yeah. um and I really want to, I'm hoping that people today might hear of the, what I do and maybe they or the, their friends or family, I might be able to help in the future. So this is what it's all about. Yes. I love it. I love it. Let's dive into more. What, what do you stand for in the projects that you work on? I mentioned it in your intro, but in your own words, how do you serve your clients and help them bring these, these movies to life? Um, well, there's a lot of work that ends up looking like thousands of pages of documentation before yeah. a film is ever made, whether it's contracts, legal negotiations, I call them vendors, third parties that are attached to the project from the beginning. And I mean, that budget ends up being like 150 pages of yeah. all these different people to hire. Wow. So, you know, so the way I kind of see it is like if you've ever seen an orchestra play, mm -hmm. you're, you're the conductor up there. You know, you know when to bring in the violins. You know when to, you know the trumpets come in. Um, so there's really um, a lot to it, and I really want to reach. Uh, you know, if I understand the, the question correctly, what you're asking, who I'm trying to reach is that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah. How do you how do you serve your clients? Who do you serve? Okay, so really the right people that. I would be able to help and say you're a screenwriter. Okay, so that would be perfect because a lot of scripts, they either get bought and for like 25K or something and put in a vault for 20 years and never seen, or some producers option it, which means, hi, I own this. You have no rights to do anything with it as a writer. And then you hope something happens in a few years. And a lot of writers come to me once they get them back. Uh, or let's say you get this great studio deal. You're like the 0.001% of all the writers out there. Wow, this big studio wants to do it. And it can easily totally change your message you know i know a good example in the christian community is we weren't happy with noah when it came out a really mm -hmm. long time ago because we go we've heard that story before this is nothing like this and you know and then what's interesting is when you study when you actually talk with the producer that did it they go why'd you do this he goes you should have seen the script before how bad it was before i even had changes so like you wow. can only imagine and so what i love to tell people from the start is my job is not to change your story my job is to empower you, but to make it more marketable. Mm. So sometimes the feedback from the distribution companies is, well, let's put planes in here instead of trains. Just something like because we can get a sponsorship or something that makes sense, like a way to monetize it. And so I think when I sent in the title, did it have monetizing in the title instead of profitable? I don't remember. It had both but of them. Yeah, profit and monetize. Okay, because that's it's so interesting. Because like as a film producer, you really can't promise a profit, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you, like there's all these guidelines I have to be aware of, and all these laws, just kind of SEC guidelines, and and you don't want to promise, but really, 
if you are a first time filmmaker and you make a huge loss, then your chances of making another film is really low. So mm -hmm. my job is to kind of be on the business side and ramp you up for success and empower you know, you making direct decisions. If you're coming to me as the director with the script or the writer, let's let's get you paid out of the budget and get the right message told and not changed all around. Good. So I, I totally want to reemphasize the disclaimer, you know, just because the title says making profitable content, we're not promising, not guaranteeing that. <laughs> Man, that is the goal because really it's, you know, any profit is revenue minus expenses. Right. So the problem is, is you come with this, all these ideas as a writer, that's the creative, the vision. Yep. And then we have to work through what's realistic mm -hmm. because I'm dealing with the really rigid bank people that are like, they want to see numbers. They want to yep. see analytics. They want to see, you know, so then we have to kind of weave that together what works. So yeah. I love <laughs> it. I love it. I want to go back into your journey, Ren, talk about um, your early career with in, in the film industry. Like what, what kept you going? What, what drove you? What were you inspired by? What, what were you aspiring to be? Well, um, when I was a when I was a child, I I just right away knew this was what I needed to do at like seven or eight years old, wow. and so I was really blessed that right away I played young Dolly Parton with Dolly Parton in a commercial for Fifteen Park, which wow. I mean, she, so I got to actually play her. She said, "I remember when I was a little girl, and that it was me skipping around," and I also got to work with some really big actors at the young age, like Jake Gyllenhaal and October Sky and things like that, and so. Um, but I had this vision at the age of like 15 where God told me directly that your life purpose is to help these writers get money together and make films. And wow. so like there's this thing of like integrity. To mm. me, integrity is really, really important to me. I don't care if it takes 20 years. I'm going to be around doing this, but we're going to do it the right way. Yep. And <laughs> unfortunately, in this industry, there's so many ways not to get your film made. There's mm. so many ways not to make money. And mm. the game is changing faster more than ever. Mm. I mean. We know all the theaters are closed right now. I mean, what if we're in contract to for sure have a theatrical release this month or next month? I mean, it's just like you couldn't even predict that. And so there's, it's just the industry is changing so fast. And, and you just got to be really careful in my world to under-promise and over-deliver, but totally be like, hey, I'm here with you. I want you to win. Wow. I love it. So in the beginning, you, you knew like at 15 years old, you were bringing this, this service to the world oh, yeah. of Listen connecting. Yeah. Film, filmmakers with the money to bring their vision to life. And you also are doing it in a way that's like, Hey, my, I know my reputation. Number one is like super important. And also like my soul, my ethics, my integrity, doing things like in the highest good in like the way that God would smile and be like, yes, great job, Ren. Great job, everyone for bringing this forward in a way that, that benefits humanity. <laughs> it's no, so I, I totally want to not, and I'm happy to walk away when it gets weird. You know, if mm. people are telling me doing a 180 yeah. and saying, "Oh, no, we're going to do it this way," it's like I can't. Or they give me a script, and you know, I got offered really good money last month to do something that my integrity. I told this guy, like, "This is this is not good." Yeah, and uh, we've got to change these things. And so that's another way I empower people. Is I may say we need to make this change, but if they take a year to go, oh, I'll make it now. Mm. We're year it's in delay but um i do want to mention that i did get a um i was able to get over a hundred thousand dollars for a first-time screenwriter that had a really great story mm. um that we're we're still ramping that up to get a more multi-million dollar budget for example and so mm. i do love to know that hey we're not going to change this around because of the um the content mm. we're not going to make this go another way and so i've been i've been just kind of there 
uh, doing those business conversations and, and letting them know what's standard too. If they get a contract, I'm like, that is not standard. Don't <laughs> sign up. Wait, let's, but you know, I always say I'm not a lawyer. Okay. Right. <laughs> but you know, when you've sat in those long-term, long-form contract, yep. you know, conference calls with London and, and LA and you on the phone and you've heard it and you've seen it, you go, okay, that you don't want to lose out on all your residual money you'd make years from now and things yep. like that. So, yep. Wow. Is it, would you say it's, it's difficult to find like the, the money and the people who like get the vision and are willing to do it without like, like, I don't know, hurting people and, and taking advantage of people. Is that, is that more the, the normal and the rarity is like finding the good people or is it just knowing where to look or what, what would you recommend around, around that? That's a good, that's a good question. Um, uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll talk about a little bit about just mentioned finding the money. And then you talked about, we're going to talk about like a good client, like the, the right kind of client. And then I want to talk about, yeah, people come to me and go, Oh, Ren, wow, you're for real. You're really for real. Wow. You're, you're, you're doing this. You're not BSing or whatever. You know, this is where I'm glad that people can tell that I get right to the point. I'm all about, I'm all about, you know, contracts and moving forward and, and all this kind of stuff with, with the projects and doing what I said I'm going to do. And, and I do get that feedback, but yeah, this is, this is an industry where I am completely blown away mm. with con artist people I run into like that. They would fly across the world to impersonate an investor or just weird, bizarre things. And I went as I was a very, very, very famous partner with a famous director. And I'm very careful about dropping names, but I was just telling someone today, you know, he asked me to do something sexual the first time I met with, you know, something it's very common in this industry. And it's just really like, really. And it's literally telling those people like, Hey, I met you to do business with you. I met you at an investors conference. And I'm like, no, well, I want you to come over and do this. And you're like, no. And so it's like this thing where like, again, with my book, my book is about saying no to get your yeses. It's like, wow. if you truly know what your yes is, you're going to keep, keep on not 99 times. But a hundred times, you're going to keep, you're not, you're going to just keep saying no. I'm going to wait for the blessings to come at the right time that are meant to be. So as a client goes, you sure see red flags with clients too. You know, I would say an ideal client, and I think this is good for the creative people out there because you're going, okay, I'm creative. I think I've got something, you know, and it doesn't just have to be screenwriting. It could be a book that we could make into a script. It could be a comic. We can turn into a TV series or an animation. So there's all this cross, right? Mm. And, and in the creative world, they have this great idea, but I would tell the creatives out there, if, I, if they were listening right now, you really want to be workable. You want to be malleable. Mm. You want to be easy to work with. Because when you come to the table with real people that could fund millions of dollars for your project, yep. and you're arguing, you're, you're like difficult. You're, you're like unwilling to change a character. You know, here, here, what if you had a really famous person that said they were in, you had to tweak the character a bit to adapt. The writer's throwing a fit about it. You're scaring off the banking people that they live in the world of facts. Yeah. Numbers, facts, numbers, facts. You know, you got the creative person, very, very feeling, very feeling uh, intuitive, emotional, which is great, except that we know that feelings always change. Mm. You wouldn't have had all these people on here today talking about healing and meditation if we didn't need it every day. Mm. Because we have to go, wait, 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 let's get back to what's real is, you know, I am light or, you know, whatever basic space you can get to. Like, I want to do good. But there's hope. I'm going to be optimistic. But then so like, so me, I'm in between that. And I really think that's my niche that I offer. As I deal with bankers, they, they go, okay, Ren, you're smart. 
I trust you. And then I kind of disseminate. I kind of break down the the, lo- the hour-long conversation with the writer, yep. the facts to the banks. Or the banks go, oh, gosh, this is da 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 I, w- I want to do this. And it's like, it's me going, well, can we do it this way? And they're like, yeah. And then going back to writers like, hey, I've got a solution. So <laughs> I, I love it. It's beautiful. Um, I, I, I really, I love that you're owning that being the bridge, you know, and I think that's what's needed. And also being the bridge in integrity and doing it with like the right values. Cause I think that's another thing that sets you apart in, in the industry, you know, I do not want to steal. I do not want to lie. I really want to do what's right. And it's taking those extra steps for sure. Yeah. 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 I have to work fast too. So whatever, <laughs> so I just got to go. Okay. You know, there, there is a certain part of like, all the right things coming together at the right time. and t- But it's with everything, is it not? I mean, yeah. you could be talking to a dating coach right now. Mm. Timing is huge in a yeah. lot of things. So yeah. being patient and enjoying the journey, I know that we'll get there. You know, have people on your team that believe in it, that want you to get there. Mm. So, so having that malleable, flexible kind of mentality and way of being, um, that's going to make someone easy to to work with, so to speak. And how does that relate to also knowing your boundaries? Because I, I can imagine that could be difficult to do both of saying, yeah, you know, whatever you want, you know, director, marketer, bank, like I'll do whatever you want. I'll jump through whatever hoops you want. And the complete opposite of that is, no, I'm not changing anything. This is the way it's meant to be. Like, I refuse to negotiate. Like, how do we live in both of those worlds? Um, well, something that came to mind when you asked that is, um, you know, may your yes be yes and your no be no. Mm-hmm. So that means when someone gives you a ton of information, like, we have to do it this way, and that's not what you want to hear, but li- make sure you're listening before you respond. Mm-hmm. Because what I find in this industry is there's these, it's just why I don't really truly believe in like saying yes to everything because mm-hmm. there's a certain point where if you're if you're not desperate out there and you're getting just huge up op- like I have gotten so many great opportunities in the past 24 hours. Yeah. Um, I mean, God, it's amazing. And you just you got to learn what you're really saying yes to time wise and in with integrity. You don't just say yes to everything because then your whole team is there holding you accountable, mm-hmm. saying you said yes you would do this. Um, so I mean. The thing is, though, is it's like I find that at the end of the day, people might go, you know, they may be this type of person that really wants this really like gooey, gooey, just happy little person, mm. you know, <laughs> it's like, but it's not. It's like, but would you want that person if she's lying to you? Mm. You know what I mean? Or like going to go, oh, yeah, we can do it. And then you figure out it's a lie. Mm. So like what I find is long term, people might go, wow, she's a she's a firecracker. Like she's, she's a powerhouse or whatever. Yeah. And then long term they go, but you're honest, but yeah. you're telling me, I'd rather communicate and say, Hey, I got some bad news. They don't want to do it anymore. Mm. They don't like this, Yeah. but it's, it's not, it's true because it's like, then what's next. And yes. as you know, successful people take a failure and they just keep moving on. Yeah. They don't go, Oh no, mm. they said no. And then they go and never try again. You know, well, I guess no one wants my script. And then they work a job 20 years and then they're stuck later in life with the what ifs. What if mm. I kept plugging in and trying? <laughs> so so I, I hear like really being honest with people uh, is something that allows them to make more effective decisions and choices because they, they get to this place of, say that again? Well, I said that's part of empowering someone. Yes. Is, hey, yes. Yes. I want to make sure from the beginning you're legally protected. I don't, mm. I don't want your IP. Like you're good. But then also like that's, that's the info. Yeah. Let's problem solve. So I think a lot of statistically men are more thinkers and women are feelers and Mm. then statistically like 
men are more problem solvers, but I'm a, I'm a problem solving strategic woman. So yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather address the issue. Yeah. Let's solve it. Yeah. Let's find another way. Let's take a paradigm shift hmm. and find another solution. Yeah. And it's seeing the possibility and the, and the potential within things and saying, okay, like here's what has to actually be done to get to that place. Like, let's talk about like boots on the ground, real world strategy, what needs to be done versus like pie in the sky or, you know, the, that like being so far out there is just not communicating what needs to be communicated. And then like people think that there's hope and that there is like something that potential there when we haven't addressed a core root issue, that's totally going to derail the project later on if we haven't yet addressed it exactly i'll give you a good example with budgets Mm. there are certain genres that make the most money Mm. and that genre happens to be the genre that can be made for the least amount of money Mm. so there are certain genres that you know you factor in all these different things So, so so if i have a writer saying i am set that this like i had a writer come to me say i'm set that this budget's 20 million dollars well it's the genre that can be made for the least amount of money Mm. Did it make sense that mm. if they, because that budget is higher than what we're doing now, because we're making more and more content faster for a least amount of money. Yeah. Think about what's going on right now with COVID-19. Everyone's mm. at home. We are running through our Netflix shows. Okay. Yep. Come a couple months from now. I see this is as a producer, what I told a writer the other day. I forecast that there's going to be a huge demand for new content in three months because yep. we're going to come out of this and it's the citizens like, People who are the watchers, the audience, yeah. they're going to say, we want more shows. We want more shows. And they're mm. going, okay, let's pump out more shows. Wow. So, um, but anyways, um, that was like, did I, did I answer the question? Or, I don't know. <laughs> it was bound, I think I really, I really wanted to dive into the boundaries of um, like what to say yes to and what to say no to and how to, how to like really enforce those. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, is there anything that as far as a framework or what our audience could, could like understand or know moving forward to make better choices on their boundaries? Where would you start with that? Well, I would say a prop, I want to, I want to address some misnomers in this space because you'll run into people. So first of all, one I'll talk about is there are toxic people out there that will fight you on your boundaries. Mm. And you have to realize those people are not really your friends. They're trying to manipulate you to get something Mm. and they're not respecting your space. Mm. Number two, I'll say, you know, people will say, you know, you're, you can't, if you're busy trying to be friends with everyone, Mm. you're not being a good friend to yourself. Yep. And so it's like, when you learn, like, I'm going to be a friend of me. And so what I've learned and it's, and it's just different, you know, um, situations you might be in, but that's a, that's a chapter title I have is how you need to. And so people get all into, well, that's not nice. It's like, well, it's not nice for me to not care about myself yeah. if someone's crossing that boundary. And so, you know, again, it could be as simple as someone who doesn't have much of a social life and they're a housewife, but they learn you to learn to set bounds with their husband and their children mm. to get what you want. Because, you know, the definition of insanity is keep doing the same thing and kind of understanding some things about psychology, um, which is a lot about realizing that, like, respecting yourself is, is going to you need to be consistently respecting yourself. I love this, this uh, metaphor that our bodies are like a house, you know, and so we might have grass in our yard and a fence around the yard. Well, we know what why a fence is up. It's not to keep out your friends. It's to keep out the wolves or the predators, right? And so you understand more about 
you know, what's okay to be in your yard? Like, sure, bunnies are fine in my yard, but bunnies aren't fine, it's fine in my house. Mm. You know, and so what I, what I, as a, unfortunately, I run into, like, when I lived in Los Angeles last year, um, I think eight weeks straight, strangers came up and touched me. Mm. Eight weeks straight, every day. And I tell that to men, and most men go, wow, I've never had that happen to me. So when you when that starts happening, you start learning to say, I found the most common thing I said when I lived in Los Angeles last year is, please don't touch me. And so I feel like that's not a norm for everyone, mm. but it's one of those things because I'm working with integrity, you find that once people cross one line, take another and another, they go, oh, that, she was okay with that, let's do another. Mm. And so when I hear women tell stories, they usually start with, and this is the part of the story where I should have said something. Mm. And like, well, then they ask for a ride. And then I realize I didn't really know who's in my car. And then they're asking me to drop them off somewhere. And then they asked me to carry this inside their house. Before I knew it, how did I end up in this person's house? Because someone else was there and they had a knife. And you're going, Damn. oh, my goodness. So it's kind of <laughs> in society where you go, when someone says, can I have a ride? It's like, yeah, if you let me take a picture of your driver's license. And they're like, no. You're like, okay. And then so sometimes mm. people will call you out when you're smart enough to address it right away. Wow. And they fighting with you yeah. and then they might be like well ren ren is so difficult you know and it's like oh but i know where that goes because maybe you've never seen it where it goes yeah. but i have and so i have a right to go okay i've been here before let's share some knowledge with people or i've heard enough stories of women or men just you gotta kind of assertiveness is good it's finding that balance between passivity and aggression mm. just being assertive enough to learn to say your no so there's a workbook part of my book we're going to work through things and find a way for you to communicate it best for you. Yeah, I think it's it's so important. I hear you're really coming in as as a mentor and a teacher who's like seen things that like <laughs> let's say naive and innocent people haven't seen before and you really get to like say, "Hey, like I I love that you're so nice. I love that you're so kind and like not everyone in the world is that way and you, and you no, just get to be realizing they're not all like you. Exactly. Right. right. And you get to be prepared for that. Like what can you actually do to to equip yourself for that? Cuz oftentimes I think people don't care about it until it's like until the boundary has been crossed so much and they're like I will never let this happen again. Right. Yep. And so we also learn how to reverse engineer to that point. Yeah. And also be able to see the the, the things and learning, it's just this thing where you have to be willing to say, it's better to go alone than have somebody that could really hurt me over time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so, and, and also business, now now it's like, I, I do a lot of things where, okay, I will help you, but we have to sign a contract. Mm. And sometimes I work for a long time on delayed compensation. It might be really good paying five figure or more compensation, right. but it's like, no, we need to sign this. And so if they're not willing to even sign, it's like, I wish you well. Yeah. You know, so, you know. There it's you like go. someone yeah. someone shows how committed and serious they are based on, like, how willing they are to play ball, how much, like, they trust you, right? It's like saying, hey, well, if you're not willing to sign on this, like, right at the beginning of the of the relationship, like, you're going to be a pain in the ass or potentially later later on down the road. So, like, why would we even keep going? Let's just call it as it is. It's not going to work. It's not a fit. It's not an alignment. And I'm, I'm creating space for the people who are a heck yes and like totally love working with me and, and love me being the, the, um, you know, the, the skills and bring the skill set to help them get there. What, what you want to be in your life. So yeah. when you remove yourself less from what you don't want and you make room to open it up for what you do, you can identify it better. Um, and I really like to have, uh, speak more in the pub and in public. Yeah. And uh, 
teach people how to do this. And it's all about being safe and respected hmm. and, and have to say, it's a lot about safety yep. for the, creating that in your life. So, um, you know, unfortunately, um, and again, it does debunk a little bit of law of attraction. I'm sure you've had a bunch of people on here that are super pro law of attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the thing is, you know, you attract sometimes cause you just attract, hmm. you know, and you can't, you know, so it's like, what it, you know, it's like thieves don't break into empty houses. Hmm. It's like, if you have got something really nice that, I mean, unfortunately you realize the narcissist is going to hmm. go, Oh, well, I want to take that. Hmm. The same way someone sees your nice car, they want to steal it. Or someone gets jealous of your nice car, they want to ruin it or something. It right. have it really is a, you got to get real. We're not going to live in la la land. It's about a little bit about being real and going like, well, maybe that person just wants what I have or they they want to destroy it because they can't have it. Mm. And, and recognizing that because there's a lot of blame game. How did you attract it? Well, I get asked out on dates every day, multiple dates every day. Mm. And the amount of stories I could tell you how all these guys did it wrong mm. or they weren't really willing to respect my boundaries or, or acting in a way that, oh, well, you can't be more successful than me and I'm going to put you down. It's probably a lot of immature and maturity as well. Sure. But it's like, you know, you just got to go, okay, sometimes that's about you throwing a fit because you're not getting what you want. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's powerful. Um, I want to talk about profitability or monetization is the better term, uh, monetization of content. Like where, where do we really start with that? Especially for the creatives out there who are wanting to make progress on that. Yeah. So, so the, thing you realize in film real quickly is there's a lot of ideas and there's only so many people with money and a lot of the real big bank uh, i'll say the big studios more than the big banks um i mean you have to be really big in this game to go through their way and they're gonna likely unfortunately in this industry a lot of people steal ideas Mm. um and that's pretty notorious for that and um there's very few things you can guarantee so so what we have to do with a writer is we have to get some numbers in place to get realistic costs mm-hmm. to be able to find out what, you know, even though if we can make it for $8 million mm-hmm. and maybe we need to make it for two, so we yeah. can, because it's more realistic, you're going to make $3 million. Yep. Instead of saying, let's make it for eight, and if you're lucky, you make seven, and you're not making your money back because it's going to be that much harder to do your next one because you're going to show that you're not profitable, plus you're mm-hmm. not going to make good money, and mm-hmm. it's, it's going to long-term not work out really good for you. So I find that um, what I have is I have a lot of relationships with special groups of people that fund. Mm -hmm. And again, kind of in line with my book, the people that tend to emotionally invest in film or feelers, they they tend to be the con artists, actually, Mm -hmm. a lot of times. Or they're the people like, oh, I feel good about Brad Pitt in this movie. Or sorry, I didn't Mm -hmm. mean to say a name. you know, a name. Um, and then they kind of feel good about you. Right. kind of want to, you know, so you get that whole, I'm like, eh, let's stay far away from that. Mm. And so to me, it's like, we get, I get down to the facts. Like if I have this signed and if I have this form and if the writer will do this and if, if we do these things, mm. it equals this avenue. But maybe you don't want to go that way. We can go a totally different route. This person only needs this, this, and this, but not this. And right. so we go through these, these ways of getting hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars, like per, like legally with a lawyer, you know, all that stuff set up, business set up, and we, we make sure it's all good. But there's you know only so many people that do that, and I have contracts with them and relationships, so that when I'm giving advice to these creatives, I want them to win. But sometimes I have to just say, 
this is so far in left field. I don't think it works. And I have to say, like, come back to me if you have something else in the future. I wish you the best, but I can't help you. And then other times I'm like, oh, like someone called me up. He's the CEO of a very success, successful company. He's willing, there's all these different scenarios, right? He's willing to self-fund it. Mm-hmm. And when he told me the storyline, it was based on something that actually happened that was famous that he was involved with. And I've never heard of it before. Mm-hmm. And there was something that paralleled that came out five years ago that I went, that was really successful. So I was like, okay, I'm really interested in that. Let's mm. let's talk about that more. And there's different ways of getting your movie so, uh, shown and marketed. So I have a bachelor's. Um, I got a scholarship in broadcasting. And then I also uh, won the, um, you know, at graduation for honors sales and marketing within my business administration degree. Mm. Um, so I really think about how can I make this marketable? How can we get people in seats? Who's our audience? Um, who wants to see this? And also, like some scripts, they're so all over the place. It, it makes their demographics so small. We want to make sure that, you know, and that's another thing. It's like I can get money right for a writer if you want to do a vanity, and that's your, that's, you know, that's that's the debt that goes to you. <laughs> I mean, if you, that, that's what you really want to do, or you have money and you want to make it, we can talk about that. But as far as, you know, making sure it's it's going to be profitable. We want to make sure it, it it's set up for success. And, and we have, I have all these partners that come on and handle different aspects. It could be a fashion designer mm. that's donated wardrobe, or it could be, a lot of times I do a lot of um, state and national tax. So I go through and do the bankable paper with mm. getting the cash rebates and the tax incentives, get wow. them bankable. We set up the company in a special way that's the right way for a film yep. uh, so that we do the payout schedule. And But the great news is you really can make a film and sell it off 10 years from now and get a big check. Mm. You know, so it's one of those things that you can get residual income on. Mm. I feel like it is a good investment versus, you know, like there's just nothing else that exists that like I think Blair Witch is an overused example, but it was made for so little and Sony bought it for 40 million. So, I mean, what else other investment could you make for 10, 20 K on your home camera and make $40 million? So, I mean, it's kind of like, to me, it's a fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's not the like, less, like the most risk adverse investment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're like an equity investor, um, but it can be a good way, like a diversified stock portfolio. If you were looking at, if you really had that kind of money and you wanted to do be in that space, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great, it's, a, it's, I mean, I'm not able to give, I'm not a financial advisor, I'll say that, but um, I, like I did say, it is one of the most risk adverse, I mean, um, excuse me, it is one of the more riskier things to invest in, the truth, which I think it's also educating screenwriters, like if you get a $30,000 loan from the bank or $30,000 equity, you still have to pay it back. Yep. And so there's this misconception that, oh, I want equity. It's like they both go in the bank, <laughs> they both have to be paid back. Yep. The difference is, is if you're getting three hundred thousand from an equity investor, a lot of times they want a twenty or thirty percent ROI, yep. and a lot of times I can get these loans for five or six percent. For example, can't promise that, right. but it's like, and they they get really upset, you know. And it's like, so there's a certain point where like screenwriters, if they come where they work hard, they've got some already like, hey, I already have this famous actor attached. These exciting things to it. It's much easier to work with that. I find so I want to talk about yeah. for someone who's like 
a hobbyist to to be a screenwriter like what do you do you work with those people as well like I'm, I'm curious as far as do you only work with the most hardcore who have like been dedicated to this for years or you know we have a lot of people out there who just like want to share their story or get that out to the world what is the variety of of experience that you work with I'm, I know some people where their family gave them like $100,000 and they just went and made a movie and they didn't care if they made it back. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are the people. Yeah. And, um, but for me, why spend $50,000 making a short film when you could spend $50,000 doing a feature? Because mm-hmm. think about it, Chris, if you wanted to watch a short film right now, where would you go? Um, you know where to go if you want to see a feature, <laughs> right? A bunch of places. So they're not, again, when you're looking at the profitability, we find a way to take, you know, I just wouldn't spend my time except unless it was like a SAG, like a union short film and it mm. paid well. And I wanted, which I did take that on, but even a bigger company now wants to turn that into a feature. So really I find that there's all this stuff and you wanted to talk about boundaries. I didn't, did you want to talk more about boundaries? Let's did dive I, in. Did I, yeah. Wherever the conversation goes, let's rock it. I feel like I ta- I've had like over easy over a thousand conversations with producers, directors. If you're a director, I can help you. If you're a writer, if you're another producer. The only problem is it's kind of like producers sometimes want to say you meet them and they're like, I want it, I got it handled. You're like, okay. But then they still come back to you and but they don't want to pay you. That's mm-hmm. kind of funny. It's like it's like, okay, one or the other. You either need to like work together with me and I can help you, or you got it. It's it's you know, but um yeah, I just uh I just have done that so long. So what would you like to talk about now? I didn't, I just didn't. (laughs) I love it. I I did have a question. I had a question. Um, As far as the uh, writing process of writing a script, um, like what is the the process typically to get, to get that done, to get that like produced? What's the timeline? Like what, what should someone be expecting? Um, And so rushing a film out, I would say, would be 18 months on an indie film. Yeah. I mean, really rushing it because you think about you're in three months in post-production, the sound and all that. Mm-hmm. Three months till it hits theater. Another three, you got to advertise it till it hits theaters. You'll, I mean, and it's really as, as much as when you come to a project with me and it's got all these things already working pieces and you just need a little bit. I got this project that said, hey, Ren, we have, you know, this many million equity in the bank and this very, very famous A-lister as the leading role. And we have this extra money coming in from here, but we just need a producer to help us with the, the, the more LA relationships and how I'm like, I'm in, you know, that's yeah. great. Because really it's very hard to get an equity or the big, big time actor attached. Now that's easy for me, but, um, you know, you come to me and you just say, Hey, I'm a first time screenwriter and I don't want to take any risks. It's like, well, that's real difficult. <laughs> it's like, or if they're just very hard-headed, because yeah. I mean, to me, I don't feel like I ask for a lot, but they're difficult. Then, you know, it's just you're on it. There's, it's very hard to make a film with just one person. Mm. You know what I mean? You really are working together with other people. Mm. So, at the what's interesting is a script even changes, and some writers don't realize this. You could be on set, money in the bank, crew mm. on ground, actors are saying their lines, directors like action. And then the actor just says it, the phrase different because it's natural for the character, your script just changed. Mm. And so it's like they have this idea that they won't change it at all. Mm. Um, and that's, it just is a moving 
but the interesting thing is budgets do too. I mm. mean, you could be on set and an, an extra doesn't show up. So you're minus that money and you had to order extra catering because there's more vegans on set. So you mm. add money. So it's like this very hard, it's, it's hard. It's harder than just a regular business thing. Cause you have this, like these, these constant variables. It's just a lot to think of. And so what I also want to say, it's really difficult when people don't want to pay me mm. too. Because the amount of hours you put in uh, is kind of mind-boggling. I'm just glad that I'm God has blessed me. I'm good at with multitasking, uh, you know, definitely. Because <laughs> people say you can just do one thing, but I am a one award-winning screenwriter, so mm-hmm. I can look at a script and tell some basic things. I am an award-winning actress. I actually won that for being in a musical, the lead in a musical, and I was dancing, so I can dance. I can kind of sing. I can I can act, and so it, I really have a creative degree which is the acting film one. And then I do have this, this very, and I've worked for a CPA. I've done corporate audits for a year and a half. I have, um, you know, I had six, I've had six figures in two industries in film and in the medical world, actually respiratory. Uh, I was a manager in the respiratory hospital work. That's, that's another story. But, you know, a lot of that transfers over with understanding, you know, the red tape behind red tape behind red tape in hospitals. And then you go to film and go, I think this is not, good we need to check with a lawyer i don't want to i don't want to take that we can't even chance that and so you kind of have to take those extra steps but you know i want to be doing this for 20 years this is this is like my career this is my thing so part of that is i want to be around i want to do the right thing you're involved uh, in a lot of different projects ren and i'm curious like what what is it that drives you um today like to say yes to a project what like what kind of things inspire you what kind of projects are you like a heck yes i want to be a part of this I'm happy to say no if it's not a good fit. I did it yesterday. Mm-hmm. But when I had, I got a call from Canada yesterday that said they had money in the bank. They wanted to hire me to do this. They wanted me to head up their film thing. I said, wow. I, again, she said, I've researched you. I do this. I want you to handle the film. I'm doing the music. Great. Awesome. Love to talk. Let's, let's meet. Let's talk about it. But it's like, to me, I think if I'm an actor, if I'm a performer, you know, I really am careful to look at that character because I find a big thing that matters most in life is our heart. Mm. Where is our heart? Mm. And where is our intention? And where's our motivation behind that? So sometimes, like, if you want me to play the bad guy, well, a plot goes, you know, it goes up and there's this climax and, you know, that's a typical plot line. But it's like, you know, am I the bad guy, but I'm being shown as the bad guy? Or am I the bad guy? And I am teaching the kids, like, hey, kids, be a bad guy, which I have gotten a script like that. Wow. It's like, basically, you're encouraging kids to commit suicide. And it's like, dude, I can't do this. Like, I don't get it. Like, it's mm-hmm. kind of just some of this stuff doesn't make sense. But, um, you know, business wise, I really want to be independent. And so, you know, I want to be able there's a there's a push for me to stay independent, to be independent. Mm-hmm. Um, to take responsibility for my life. And part of that is, you know, I'm very open to good opportunities and where they go and what's right for me because I know my skills, they kind of transcend over different layers of industries. Right. But as far as discerning, I want to work with people that have integrity. Um, You know, I think you just kind of have to discern who that person is. If they're telling you the truth, they're going to be transparent. If it's going to be a good time, and I like to manage expectations. Mm-hmm. It's very mm-hmm. important because I've also had a writer say, well, I want this budget. And I told her right from the beginning, that's a weird number for that genre. That doesn't make sense. We'll have to change that. And then she said, well, I want tw- I want three funding offers in the next 24 hours if I sign your contract. Um, 
for $600,000. I'm a first time writer. I said, you are going to be lucky if in 10 years you get three people going, hi, unknown person, here's $600,000. And so she thought I was crazy. And so sometimes you just go, that's fine. Because I can't make you happy. Best wishes. You know, it's like, she's just going to learn that, you know, I guess or not. But that's another thing is, <laughs> you know, there's a certain part of what's fun and what's happy. And I like to travel. Mm-hmm. So I'm all about going to set different places. Yeah. Um, I love I love to create characters that are that I see the world watching that movie and going, wow, I learned something through that story. Yes. And, I, and I'm really inspired by that. But also the people you meet along the way, the opportunities mm-hmm. to help people and serve people and be just, you know, you tell these little like, Imagine like an engine and there's all these like things rolling together and just being a good, you know, I want to say character in the thing, like yeah. you know, spinning it along and doing good. Yeah. So I'm glad that I've stood up for it. I mean, I've had to stand up for things in this industry and, um, you know, I just want to, like, want to keep my word and you got to stay humble. You got to stay grounded. You know, it's, it's really very difficult when people get really angry easily or, they let pride go through. And so it's real important every day to kind of self-check and just really, I'm really, I use, there's a certain part of intuition mm. that I'm really grateful. A lot of people come to me and go, you were right. Mm. I should have done that. You know, mm. and I think that's not something that is easy to prove on a, on a resume, but mm. it's just more, I feel like I have intuition. We should have done that, or we need to do this. And then they don't do it. And they say we should have, or you see how it pans out. Yeah. And there's just not, I mean, what would you call that, Chris? I mean, but yeah, I would, I would intuition, <laughs> intuition, alignment. Um, yeah, like higher, higher knowing, higher self, like communicating with you, and yeah, it's it, premonitions. It could be so many different things, you know, so many different gifts. But um, I want to talk about bringing good people into our life because you know there are not so great people out there, and there's also a lot of really great people out there. How do you attract really great people? What what do you consciously do? What do you focus on about yourself? About how you show up in the world to attract great people to you, Ren? You know, and that is also what my book is important in explaining of why we have the choice to choose boundaries for ourselves. Because what I have found is, you know, if you look at like a statistical chart of women, I'm probably an outlier. Mm. Because I have people say, you can't be good at more than one thing, or you can't do more than one thing, or it's not fair that you're prettier than me and smart. Oh, she can't be smart. And, And so what happens is, is I might attract somebody that goes, she's younger than me. I have my own agenda. You know, that's all to me. It's separating. Okay, hold on. What do I want here? Mm. And setting those boundaries. As far as attracting good people, I know that um, I really don't want to do harm to people. And it's like that doctor's creed: first, do no harm. I don't know if you know that, but that's mm. the first thing yeah. for a doctor. And so, first of all, it's like I know that I believe in scripture that says, do not lie, do not steal. These things are my personal moral compass. And I know just the way this book describes, you find out who you are, you find out what you stand for, and you stick with it Mm. consistently. And if someone wants to throw a fit like a toddler, because some guy goes, well, I like, I like girls like that because I like care like that, or I, whatever, random agenda. They can approach me like, oh, I'll do business with her, but I don't really want to do business. I had somebody in the industry last year message me and say, look, you're pretty. I am not interested in doing business with you. I only want to sleep with you. I want to come over right now. And what's interesting is he was a publicist. And you're thinking, I would pay you if I would do business with you. 
like to just do publicity as one of your clients. And so you run into that. And so is it my fault because I attract that? No, but I can take responsibility for what I can, which is saying I have a voice. And God gave us a voice for reason to, to sometimes have to, you know, that's not the fun part. I wish everybody had good intention, but let's see. How can we attract? Do you have any ideas of how I can attract? <laughs> you want to throw it because I mean, I don't feel. I feel that I have to separate that I'm not responsible mm. if you're attracted to me with ill will. Yeah. And that so, is- so the best thing that I'd recommend is celebrate and 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 like focus on what your intention you put your intention on is what you'll attract more of so when you have those really great people who you interact with like shout about it from the rooftops i made a a quick post yesterday saying i'm so grateful how aligned i am with the people in my network because like we're all so so like committed to our mission and like making the world a better place so you know i I really love that and we had a question from paul in the audience he said and i want to i want to like shape this so it's valuable for everyone he said hey ren can you help make a 400 million dollar budget multi-billion dollar profit blockbuster happen so we'll hear your response from that and number two for someone who is a first-time screenwriter and filmmaker what steps can they take if they have big lofty aspirations um, that they could start really making headway on um, certain projects they know are really destined for greatness great so i'll start with the second one first um I want to, so if you, if you're a writer, I can't do much if if it's not pretty much finished. So if you came to me with something half written, you could co-write it for money with somebody, but at least bring me something that's finished and realize if you bring me a book, we can't just, I mean, unless there's, there's going to be a big cost turning that into scripts. Try to do as much there. And then the next steps are email me. My email's in there. We can do an intake form. I'll do a free introduction call with you. And then we can take some step forward to see if it's viable. Now, I'll tell you, I cannot even think of a movie that's been made for $400 million. I have been on set with a $200 million budget, which is Independence Day 2. Mm. Um, great experience. Jeff Goldblum was like, come over and take a picture with me. The PA was like, no. I was like, yeah, yeah. No, he, no, he was like, yeah. I was like, okay, sure. So, um, but, you know, even that made a loss. And yeah. so what you'll learn is the studio system, they balance their books at the end of the day. They, you know, they look at their billions they spend in movies over the year, and that was a loss. Yeah. And so they sometimes calculate that out. So, mm. so um, you know, $200 million, it's not impossible. I can literally think of a way to make an independent film that way that is almost out of this world. There's only so many people that have $200 million to spare. Right. Think about that. Right. Think about why would they invest in you? Mm. Um, and why would that work? It's not impossible. It's just the amount of people that have scripts or screenwriters are so high. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I figured out a formula. I've literally seen it with my own eyes. I've seen my clients get their money or get their distribution deals. And I'm really proud of that. But it's not, that's another one that would be super unrealistic. And we'd probably have to go through a studio system. And the chances that they could completely steal your idea from you is still very possible. In fact, I pitched Secret Life's Life of Pets. In a, in a hotel lobby in Santa Monica, and the man said to me, that's a great idea. I will take that from you. I will steal that from you. And if you even go on Wikipedia and you look at the me- the months they went into pre-production, it was right after I told him my idea. Wow. Now, that is a film that made hundreds of millions and got sequels. Mm. And I had a man tell me, I will steal that idea from you, right to my face, at American Film Market in the Los Hotel. True. So you go, okay, <laughs> like I haven't even seen it yet because I'm like, oh man, I just know someone took that. And so when you've seen that happen, there's different ways to go. Let's balance that. And would you mm. be happy? I mean, even 20 million is a lot. 
these days. If you want to look and look at Bloodshot, I think it's called Bloodshot. What it made in the theater, mm-hmm. they they didn't do. I think they only made seven million. Yeah. And so you, you know, names aren't even. So that's what's changing too. Is you could you, you could say it's a Will Smith movie, right. but the last one that came out didn't do well. So it's. I mean, it's so. It's a very unpredictable world. What I'm passionate about is I feel that there are people with really good messages that really need to be empowered to be told them they're ethically good and morally good. And there are people in this industry that don't want them to be told with the big, big companies and the big, big studios. Just, no, not all, but it's yeah. real. Yeah. And so for me, I'm going, okay, if I can help you and it makes sense, let's do it. Yeah. At least I can. I, have the, I feel like I have a good heart in it. My intentions are right. 100%. Ren, you are a powerhouse and just deliver a massive value. I know our audience wants to know how they can stay connected with you. What are the next steps they can take to get in contact with you? And remind us again who you really love to work with. Yes. So directors, screenwriters, um, actors, I, unless you're like really famous, I don't, casting you'll learn is very low down the line, very, very last minute. But um, producing partners, studios, if you, if you want to, you know, fun movies, we can find a way to talk about that with, you know, legally and do all that. Um, but my email is ffyms at yahoo.com. That's funding for your movie script at yahoo.com. ffyms at yahoo. Mm-hmm. My name is Ren Barnes. W- oh, wait, it's probably on the screen. <laughs> I don't see that right now. But yeah, if you email me, I'm willing to do a free 15 minute introduction call. You can talk to me what you want to do. We can talk about next steps and I'll do a form to get some basic information on your project. And uh, yeah, if I can help you, thank you so much for having me, Chris. This was a real joy. I hope this was helpful to somebody out there. So, thank you, thank you, Ren. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for um, being the the like angel, right? Angel in the industry that is. Uh, there's a lot of deception and not so great stuff. So I really see you as showing up and, and bringing <laughs> that love, bringing that light, bringing integrity, the ethics. You're you're really doing it in a great way. Um, from what I know and from what you you've shared so far. So just keep it up. Keep keep showing up and. Um, I'm excited to see the impact that you have over the coming years and decades because of the projects that you really give wings to so that they can fly and soar and make people money and, and bring people's dreams to life. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.EmployeeEscapePlan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com, and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow, and take massive action, 
head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever.